following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys from the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco. It is the morning after a 34-17 loss at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens. The Cowboys now at 3-9 and nine on the 2020 season. And all of our weekly mm. routines and schedules are all sorts of messed up because we had Tuesday night football. But hey, we've got three days to put this one in the rearview mirror. And get ready for the battle for Pene Sewell, a battle for the third overall pick going into this weekend with the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town. Kyle Yeomans alongside Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, and Heckma Harrison. We're going to break things down for you as to what happened in that Ravens game. But first, I want to give a little credit where credit is due and start off with some positivity this Wednesday morning. Isaiah Stanback made a call the other day, and I just want to get this out of the way early. I'm, I'm bringing positivity, but also I just don't want to hear it all show long, so I'm just going to attack it up front, Rob and Heckma. But Isaiah came out and said 34-17 was his prediction and the final score. He used those Essilor <laughs> lenses to look ahead and see right. exactly what was going on. So, Isaiah, you've got 10 seconds to <laughs> gloat starting now. I just want to thank my support system, you know, Kyle, Rob, P, you know what I'm saying? Heck, I appreciate you guys for being here for me. Um, you know, thank, thank to my, my sponsor, Essilor, for making sure that I can see the future. Thank you. You're, you're sponsor. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sponsor now. Personal okay. sponsor. Oh, my God. Just now that we've got that out of the way, I wanted to get that out of the way. The Cowboys losing 34-17, but the point of the matter is, is is this really anything other than what we expected? And I think that's the most frustrating part about this loss, is that it's pretty much exactly what we expected. It's one of those things where you look at it and you say, all right, Mike McCarthy, all right, Cowboys, even though you're banged up, I want to see what you've got. I, I want to see some sort of energy. I want to see some sort of execution, because I think that was the word of the day, Rob. But whenever you look back at this game, Mr. Phillips, how do you categorize it? For the Dallas Cowboys, because I thought it was frustrating, and I thought it was a, just a poor lack of execution all the way through. Can I throw out one more positivity before we get to all the negativity? Sure, why not? Red, Reggie Robinson was active, man. Woo! He was active. He had three snaps Yay! on special teams. Special team snaps. All, all right. right. So we, got, <laughs> we got that. Okay, now on to the bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say... It, I was surprised about the run defense, and maybe we shouldn't be, but I, I thought they had turned a corner in terms of let's not allow 300 yards rushing in a game anymore. That, that was a repeat of Cleveland a few weeks back. I thought they turned a corner. Turned out that corner is like a cul-de-sac where you, you kind of just do a circle <laughs> and, you go, and you go right back to where you were. And uh, that's that's where we are at 3-9. And, 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 you know, Michael Irvin's on NFL Network this morning saying it's over. Math says it's not over, but it felt like that. Like, yep. you know, psychologically, you're down basically two and a half, three games to Washington with four to play. And uh, if this was the game that cost them a chance at the division, 
it's the type of game they've had for most of the season where you can't stop the run, you beat yourself with turnovers, you allow points off turnovers. They're up to 120 points off turnovers allowed mm. uh, this season. And, uh, you know, it, 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 to me, it was just representative of a lot of the losses they had. I didn't expect it to be this bad defensively after some strides they made, but there it was. There it was. Lamar Jackson did his thing. Ekma? Rod, the cul-de-sac, huh, Rod? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might like that. No, I, I, that I did like that. I like, little roundabout. Action. I like that. I like, I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Rob just hit it. I mean, these guys are, they are what we thought they were, unfortunately. We knew Baltimore was a strong team. We knew Baltimore had all their dogs back, um, you know, fresh legs, you know, 12 days off, whatever it may be for majority of their pr- premier players. Um, and come to find out it wasn't even their premier players that killed us. So, um, you know, these guys are, are just a better team than us. I don't think any of us, I know none of, any of us, uh, none of us projected the Cowboys to win this game, unfortunately, but. You know, we're realists on this show. We don't we don't say what feels good. We say what it is. And that's what it was. You know, 34-17, I honestly thought that it should have been a larger margin. You know, I felt like that was going to be the final score, obviously, because I, I, I guessed it. But I thought it should have been a larger margin based upon how the game flowed. Um, you know, missed field goals, unacceptable. Just unacceptable. I mean, we were in position to to be in the game, honestly. And that just kills your drives. Um, defensive, you know, run defense, just not there. We haven't seen it all year long. I think it might have been one game where we felt somewhat good about it. And um, this team just just lacks confidence. I, one of the, the one positive, though, I, I know we said the one positive already. Andy Dalton played a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Andy Dalton played a heck of a game. Andy Dalton looked like Andy, like looked like the Andy Dalton that I was boasting about as soon as he got uh, got in the game. But you know, he was throwing that thing around. I think he threw it to over eight. I think by eight receivers in eight the first receivers. half. I yep. think eight, eight different guys. I mean, so, I mean, he looked confident, and he was rolling. The interception, it was just a heck of a play. It happens, tip ball. Um, but that's the one positive thing. But everything else, man, the offensive line played pretty well. I, yeah. You know, the offensive line played pretty well. I mean, they, they didn't have any pressure uh, with all these guys on their defensive line that they have over there in Baltimore. So there were there were definitely some positives, but Baltimore is just a, a much better team than we are. You guys are so nice. Um, this uh <laughs> Uh, this game, this game was a complete embarrassment uh, for for our defense. When you go into the game, and we talked about this all week leading up to to this game, knowing what uh, the Baltimore Ravens were going to bring to the table, a running game. They had no other choice. Even nope. if they started their backup quarterback, uh, they had a running game that they were going to bring to the stadium. What did we do? To all week, scheme-wise, to stop the run. We did nothing. This is the same. 294 yards is unacceptable. for a not 300. Stop. I'm so sorry (laughs) that they were six yards away from hitting that mark, but there you are, Isaiah. I mean, it's (laughs) dog, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to see that. And then they put up the graphic of Jalen standing there, you know, got got his arms all shaped, buttered down, and they got the number 32, 32, 32, 32. I can guess that that's last NFL, okay? There's only 32 teams in the league. Thank you very much. (laughs) But do you have to show us like that? And then they cut right before – uh, they go to a commercial break and they show our sideline with our DB sitting. There. I mean, it is it's embarrassing to see, but it's also it's embarrassing to see these guys just completely quit on themselves. 
Be in a position to win the game third down, third and ten, third and seven. You can get off the field. And Lamar Jackson is just like, oh, oh, you're going to give me that? Oh, I'll take those 14 yards for a first down. Thank you very much, Cowboys. And on that touchdown, guys, that Lamar Jackson, the 37-yarder, he could have hit his head on the goalpost twice. What? How? How do you how do you prepare a team that goes into a game and they completely just wet the bed? But there's no, heck, there's no leadership. There's no come on, man. Come on, give you me something. You know what? The, the, that you mentioned. I mean, that set the tone. The 37 yard touchdown by Lamar yep. set the tone. But what I kept thinking about was there was more than one play like that where nobody's around him. I think the Boykin touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. And what I kept thinking was in the Seattle game in Week Three. Everybody oh. was just astonished by it and, and like, my God, I can't believe guys are running wide open free. And it's reached a point this season where, like, you just kind of ex- – not expect it, but it doesn't surprise you when it happens. These busts, whether it's the run game or the pass game, it's been all year long, just about every game, there's been wow. at least one of those. And, I mean, it, it does it, – it takes away everything they did. The first half – I think Baltimore was only one of five on third down. Like that's pretty good for your defense. Yeah, but when you're giving up four, four plays of thirty plus yards, it doesn't matter, you know. And, th- and that's been the story all year long. I kind of want to go into that that thirty-seven yard touchdown run because there was so much frustration with it. It looked like a Madden glitch. Like it really did. It looked like a Madden glitch where it's just wide open spaces <laughs> in between the hash marks, and and Lamar Jackson takes it for thirty-seven yards. By the way, longest touchdown run I think for a quarterback in Cowboys history. But you kind of compound that <laughs> with the fact that you have. 294 total yards, 101 of those coming from Gus Edwards. Not Mark Ingram, not J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards went 7 of 101. So like Rob said, exactly. It's Gus Edwards. He's on the bench of every fantasy team in the world because uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram could have potentially been out this week. That's the only reason people know who this guy is. And he goes for 101 yards uh, against the Cowboys. But big plays continue to gash at Isaiah. Why was that the case? And why can't the Cowboys so somehow stop the run because it looked like they could a couple weeks ago against Pittsburgh and Philly. Well, I think I had my Essilors on last week on the show as well whenever I talked about the misdirection and how misdirection uh, kills this defense. Uh, the Cowboys defense, especially at a second level, um, who that's your, that's your job is to be able to control that aspect of the game. These guys get confused. They get days. They confused. Uh, obviously, specifically, you know, LVE and Jalen Smith. Now, those are the two guys that are, are in the game for the most part all the time. And LVE, I think he came in the post game and admitted it. You know that he that he screwed up. I mean, he was completely lost. He took a bad step. He he totally consumed himself on the offensive line um, with the with the offensive lineman, or actually in the back of his defensive line to the point where he couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the corner at the corner of his eye, he saw his guy, his responsibility, a running back, go the opposite direction. So what does he do? Oh, I'm gonna follow him. I don't know where the ball is at, but I'm following this guy. And then he's literally running away from the ball. Um, he realizes it is too late, and you know you got one of the fastest guys in the league running with the ball down the middle. Um, these, this, this defense continues to get gashed. There's no, 
There's no solid answer aside from the fact that you have to point to the coaches. Um, it's not just the coaches. Don't let me, don't be bamboozled by what I'm telling you. It's not just the coaches, but it definitely starts with the coaches. And they have to instill some form of what we always talk about, culture, um, within this defense. And if guys are not getting it done, again, I already alluded to it. If LVE, if Jalen Smith, if these guys aren't getting it done, then go find some other dudes that are hungry that want to right. do it. Because you did the same thing with the defensive line. You got rid of pole. You got rid of Griffin, right? But all of a sudden, now these linebackers, oh, these are our guys. These, we're committed to these guys. If they're not figuring it out, fellas, make it competitive. I don't give a dog on what I'm paying you. Carson, they sure don't care what Carson Wentz is getting paid over in Philly, right? Sit his butt no. down, get somebody else in there that's going to compete. And that's what they need, needs to happen on this defense, and that's the only way that they're going to find a resolution in these last four games. Hey, Isaiah, we, we talked at halftime about that play, and I think Van Der Esch said after the game, too, he, he thought Lamar handed the ball off. And that's where he mm-hmm. was going. He just read the play completely wrong. Yeah. You you thought, and I think Mike McCarthy spoke to it after the game that they were in the right play to stop it. You you said at halftime you didn't really have a problem with the way they were they were lined up, even though mm-hmm. they they went nickel. They had they had I believe Darian Thompson as right. a safety in that situation. Yeah. So you were okay with that look, though. I was okay with that look, but I wasn't okay with the actual call. Right, I was okay with the alignment of guys. I was okay. I was okay with the personnel, but one thing you don't do, and I, I talked to you about it at halftime, is you know I was a I was a quote unquote running quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. I was a running quarterback, so I faced similar defenses a lot, and, t- and teams had to scheme against me. Had to scheme against other guys, right? Um, that 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 had those same kind of assets in terms of the ability to run. And what happens is they went man to man, and when you go man to man against a quarterback who can gash you with that kind of speed. You have to have two guys spying. You cannot spy uh, a, a running quarterback, a quarterback that has 4-3 speed like Lamar Jackson, okay? You can't spy him with one person. The reason why, because the first person is never going to make the play on him. Never, all right? Hardly ever with a one guy to make the play on him. So what do you have to do? You have to spy with two guys, and you have to trust that the rest of the guys on your defense and your secondary can guard these the rest of their receivers and tight ends or running backs. And you just have to trust that. But the moment that you'd say, one guy, I don't care if it's Thompson, I don't care if it's LVE, whoever it is, the moment that you say, you know what, he got, he has Lamar, you're kidding yourself. You're completely kidding yourself, and you saw that happen right there. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I have a problem when you go man in a situation like that, knowing that Lamar Jackson wants to tuck and run it. And if you're going to have Darian Thompson up at the line of scrimmage or in a linebacker set, at least give him uh, an opportunity, give himself an opportunity to make a play on the ball. This guy doesn't know when he is in that position. It is a fatal flaw for our defense because he can't jam. He can't do anything as far as stopping offensive linemen from getting on him and pushing him out of the way. And obviously, LVE, when he makes that many false steps there's no way that he can recover from that whether it's defensive lineman in his face or not but you talk about the miscommunication on the backside for the defense just look no further than the miles boinkin 38 yard touchdown are we in zone are we in man what are we in because a guy should not be able to go across the backside of your defense that easily untouched and and, and <laughs> there are no cowboys even in the vicinity to stop it so I mean, defensively, man, we're, we're lost all over the place. And I don't understand the you know, it's enough to keep talking about scheme, but I just don't understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish on defense. It's, Mike McCarthy said after the game, heck, like we're, we're past talking about scheme, mm-hmm. you know. I'll blame him. You know, and, and, and I mean, he wasn't t- taking a shot at the players, but, but he didn't. That question was about, 
you know, where are you with your scheme this late in the season? And and it's he's right. Like you can't talk about oh we didn't have an off season when you're you know it's two weeks to Christmas. Yep. I mean, it's, it's too late for that. Uh, how does that still make sense though? Like I, I mean, that's the thing is is why is there still these kinds of lapses of breakdowns? And and I know Isaiah, you said you don't want to blame it on the coaching staff. Ultimately, it comes down to the players. But there's got to be a little bit for the coaching staff of that blame to be placed on them, right? No, absolutely. I mean, nobody is is exempt from fault here. Um, the guys that call the plays, the guys that run the plays. At, at some point in time, you have to go out there and take over, no matter what position you're playing uh, in this organization. And we're not seeing any of it. We're not seeing much ownership. I, mean, I think LBE stepped up and obviously took some ownership there. But the guys just – <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, we, we can talk about it until we're blue in the face. It's just not good. The defensive coordinator doesn't need to be here. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm not one to call for a, man, a man's job, but this is not it. You know, maybe there's a reason why he, why he wasn't on a, you know, on a coaching staff. He's, his, this scheme is not working. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's made alterations to the scheme, you know, with personnel changes. Guess what? It's still not working. Um, and you could look at the players and say, yeah, they need to be better, better, but guess what? Whose job is it to ensure that they're better? Is your job. So, you know, somebody has to make some moves, whether it's players <laughs> or, or, or coaches. Um, but there's going to be some moving some moving of the chairs. I can, I can almost guarantee that following the season. There's going to be a lot of changes with the personnel. I mean, it, you've got a lot of free agents in the secondary. And, I, don't, I, I mean, you can't rebuild entirely through the draft this year. Um, no. But there, it's, there's going to be a lot of changes on defense. There's no question about it. And, you know, the other thing, too, is – and Jerry was asked about this on the fan the morning – yesterday morning mm-hmm. about, you know, two teams in your division that are leading the division right now, Washington and New York, uh, have new coaching staffs. And, uh, and he said it's fair to compare. You know, th- those teams are – really are, are being led by their defenses. So mm-hmm. um, at this point, you ought to be talking about progress, even though – I think personnel-wise, they don't have the personnel, certainly that Washington does, but you should be talking about progress. And we were for a couple weeks, but it was like they took five steps back last night. It's just there's a lot to go to whenever it comes to that defense. I mean, you could talk about the secondary. You could talk about the, the front seven. Honestly, I, I thought we saw uh, we saw a defensive tackle worse than than Don Tari Poe for the first time all year, and he was wearing his number. And I want to talk about that when we come back on the other side of the break when we return on Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can by purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. 
Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Second segment here of Talking Cowboys, the Wednesday after a Cowboys 34-17 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And whether you're listening to Talking Cowboys while you work, watching highlights, or even, uh, I say highlights, more like lowlights, or trading fantasy draft players, Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds let you experience audio in a brand new way. Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds are the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. I, th- I threw a change up at you, a little curveball at you, Isaiah. Yeah! You gotta yeah! listen. You gotta listen. What? You said what? Well, I don't. I don't have Bose's on, so that's probably oh, why. Oh, that's I don't why. Have them on. I'm, I'm uh, waiting on my. I'm waiting on my shipment to come through. Maybe I'll get the quiet comforts, and I can hear a little better. Uh, I saw a package in the mail the other day that was a Bose package up here. So I don't know. Maybe they are coming yes. your direction. Uh, Maybe. I, I mentioned this. They're jealous of Essilor. <laughs> yeah, they're jealous. They're trying to get on that that Isaiah Standback sponsorship. So yesterday was the second time. That a NFL team has rushed for over 290 yards this season. Out of the 200 games that have been played in the NFL, it's only happened twice. Would anybody like to take just a uh, uh, go out on a limb here and talk about who the defense was in both of those games? Oh, wait. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the 307 yards against Cleveland in week four, 294 on Wednesday against the Baltimore Ravens. That's where we stand in terms of the rush defense. And at first it was uh, oh, the defensive Kyle, struggles. Kyle, is, is, uh, is it fair to uh, say that we that we got better? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Silver linings. I like it. Hey, I like yeah, it. Would, would I be false? 13 yards less, right? Got, our, our defense got better? Oh, man. I mean, just saying. Six, but. Well, well, yeah, six to three hundred. Okay, well, jokingly, uh, or I know you're saying that jokingly, but I do want to ask this question, Isaiah, and I'll start with you on this since you're so eager to talk about it. But uh, were the Cowboys' defense better against teams like Philly or Pittsburgh, or did Pittsburgh just not want to run the ball, and is Philly just downright terrible, and they gave us a sense of false hope before you get gashed by Minnesota, and then you get gashed by Washington, and then again last night by Baltimore? Yeah, Philly's just not a good team, and Pittsburgh is no longer a running team, nor did right. they really, did they show up to play that day. So right. there's your two answers. Mm. <laughs> well, there it is. 
Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh just isn't running, period. I mean, and you saw that in their loss to the football team. They can't, they can't run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they finished that game with like 20, 30 yards rushing. Um, and, and so, yeah, and Philly, Philly is just a, a, a dumpster fire in the NFC East just like us. So that's just what it is. Defensively, man, we don't, we don't have it. I mean, when a guy like Gus Edwards, who, no one had on the radar to do what he did. And, and Isaiah made a point before the show about the, the Cleveland game. And it was their third string running back that gashed us as well. And yep. so it seems like we are, we are, we make you better. We are the RX. <laughs> we are the RX. If you have a problem. Yes, it is. And so we're like elf on the shelf for your running game. If you want it, you need it, we can give it to you. I think we talked about Baltimore coming into this uh, game and all the problems that they were having on offense. Roman and his what he's trying to change, um, trying to change what Lamar Jackson does. And you saw in this game, Lamar Jackson really needs to work on his mechanics because oh a, yeah, a lot of those bad. balls sailed on him in that, one, in that one throw. And I think even Xavier Woods didn't even know how to attack it, which was one of the most awkward safety closings yep. that I, I've seen in a while. But, you know, I just think that defensively you knew that this running game was going to present a challenge, and they just kept doing They kept They stayed true to it. I think Lamar Jackson finished with, what, 101 yards uh, passing. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, those are the kind of statistics that we're going to get versus teams. Next week when we go to, to, to Cincinnati, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to load up. They're going to run that thing. You know, why, what, why, why would you have any other game plan versus the Dallas Cowboys? I just Googled uh, the slogan, we make you better, to see if I thought it maybe a company had that as the <laughs> title slogan, and I, could, I couldn't find it. But uh, So we can trademark good. it is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's trademarked by some elevator company, oh. so, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, the run defense, like I think you guys are right. Like, you know, looking back, maybe it was fool's gold. Uh, but I did think in those games they were better just alignment-wise, assignment-wise, because, you know, some of the runs that the Ravens had last night, nothing special. You know, they just didn't, they didn't diagnose it right. They didn't make the play. You know, I think, I think it was the drive after Lamar's big touchdown early. It was uh, Gus Edwards for 36 yards, and it was just kind of what we saw early in the season where, you know, off uh, D-line just getting pushed out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and creating a crease, and that's all it was. You know, just kind of simple, and, um, and so they reverted hey, Rob, back to Rob, that. Robbie, yeah. am, am I the only one that thinks that we ran the ball well with Zeke last night? Yeah, I thought so. I thought he ran really good early. They, uh, and and it more just took it out of his hands, right? Yeah, he kind of went to Pollard after that, which which surprised me. Um, I, I I give Kellen credit for like trying to stick to the run. He got. He went past a couple times where I thought, okay, just stick with it. But that's funny you brought that up, Isaiah, because I was going to say that at the top of the show. Like the Cowboys' plan offensively was to shorten the game yep. and try to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, help the defense keep the defense off the field. You know, and and for large stretches, I mean, they were able to do that. You know, they were able to move the ball. I forget what the time of possession was. They, they, won, they won, won the time, time of possession. possession. I don't know if they've yeah. won one time. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if they've won time of possession all year long. Maybe a couple times. Um, but you know, that, that game plan doesn't work when your defense can't stop anything in the run game. And that's, you know, that's the story of the game story of the season for a lot of these games. Now yeah. go for it. Ahekma. 
No, I, you know, it's pedestrian. And we got to the point in, you know, trying to run the ball. And, and I talked about it, just, you know, some of the weird calls that, that Kellen was making. He came into this and I, I thought that it was really vanilla. He didn't get into anything weird. But towards the end of the game, we just became predictable. And that's what happens when you get down by that many points. Uh, but I thought that Zeke was giving us a lot in the running game, but mm-hmm. they tried to do the thunder and lightning tandem of those two, and I didn't I didn't blame him for that. I just didn't think that once Zeke starts to get on the roll and he yeah. has a hot hand, stay with him. Don't yeah. stop. You know, get, keep getting him that because statistics show that once he has those carries and he gets over 100 yards, the Cowboys typically win. And so, you know, look, I, we you said it to Isaiah that uh, – Tony Pollard had to have a, a good game, and for a lot of those stretches, he was getting us some chunk yardage. But you know Tony Pollard is that kind of running back where he'll mm-hmm. go negative two, negative three, and then get you seven. You know, So we just were not in a position last night to have that kind of flow be, you know, the defense disrupt our flow that way. And it happened a lot to us where we were behind. It's third and 15 and penalties that, that just took us out of any kind of rhythm offensively. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but Zeke was getting 4.3 yards per carry. Yep. 4.3 yards per carry by your $90 million man, and you take it out of his hands. Mm -hmm. Why? I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? And there was a play in this. Go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys show, or if Ezekiel Elliott shows up on the Cowboys injury report this week with maybe like a nagging thing, something that kept him out for a bit of, mm-hmm. for just a bit of time. It's easier to, to, <laughs> to hide that kind of thing in COVID 19 whenever you don't have as many media personnel around the field and watching every single movement, especially when they're on the road. So I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if something comes out there, but that's really kind of also just me looking for an explanation, Rob. Well, I think Heck said it. I mean, they tried kind of the thunder and lightning thing. They want, they've been wanting to get Tony more involved. Mm-hmm. His biggest play was the kickoff return. That was a great kickoff return. Mm-hmm. But, he, but he only got 2.8 <laughs> yards of carry. And there was one play in the second half, I forget which drive, where he hesitated to hit the hole. And I think he got hit yeah. for a loss, and they brought Zeke right in. You know, so uh, Zeke, that was one of Zeke's best, just, I don't know, the rhythm, the way he was running. It was good. He was running hard. Um, yeah, he did. He did. And the problem was they, they didn't they, – they weren't able to set that up with any chunk plays in the passing game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think they yeah, got yeah. A, an explosive pass play till late in the game. Uh, it, for a long stretch, it was Dalton Schultz for like 15 yards. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of that was probably trying to get the ball out quick to protect the offensive line. Um, but they just never really made them pay, you know. And, um, and, and you know, when you miss – when you only can settle for th- three field goals and you miss them all – uh, you're you're really putting stress on your defense, and they weren't they were not going to bail you out last night. <laughs> Just the the pity the laugh from Heckma Harrison. I love it. Uh, let's go ahead and take our second no. break. Let, let's take our second break before we talk about whether or not Mike McCarthy is the right man for the Dallas Cowboys. I want to ask that question when we return on the other side of the break. You're on Talking Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. 
which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor Lindsay's, you'll see every exciting play. Isaiah doesn't stop talking, but we'll book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor. Man, Isaiah, do you not know what standby stands for? Do you not hear? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, let's, let's not talk about that word this year. Okay. Let's, let's not okay. use that word this year. Okay, I just want to know. I mean, like the, the you gotta bump. say stand back. Yeah, stand yeah. back, stand by. I mean, I know it's close. Yeah, we say stand back. Let's not use stand by. No, stand, no, by. stand by. Yeah, let's. Oh, let's, that's let's fair. Go on oh, now I know what reference you're going yeah. to. Now I know what <laughs> yeah. that is. Oh, man. I didn't. That came out of left field. Oh, wow. Uh, all right. Well, we've got about eight minutes to push past that comment and continue on here on Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us. Isaiah Standback, Rob Phillips, Ekma Harrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And uh, Mike McCarthy, I was asked this this morning on the fan. And I think it's an interesting question because I, I think so. Uh, a couple others in the media, national media, have said so. Jimmy Johnson was the most recent to say it. But is Mike McCarthy the right man for the job for the Dallas Cowboys? Because right now we're sitting at week 14 in the NFL season. He is 3-9 and nine as a head coach. It's a losing season for the Cowboys. The Cowboys not really... Uh, in the spot right now, anyways, to win the division uh, because of the the recent wins from New York and from Washington. But also, if you want to go all the way back to October of 2017, since Mike McCarthy defeated the Cowboys in October 2017, he is 7-21 as a head coach. So it hasn't been good for Mike lately. But, Heckman, we'll start with you on this one. Do you still think Mike McCarthy's the right man for the job, and does he have the right staff around him as well? Uh, I may not agree with the staff, but I agree that Mike is. And and I just feel as though he's in a very peculiar situation. Uh, when you look at what he has to deal with with the cap, the decisions that he has to make, whether he's uh, to re-sign uh, Dak, the guys that are making buku money on this roster and how to maneuver and get out of some of that. I mean, I, I think 
he really has to look at the totality totality of this and see how he can make this roster better. Uh, he's going to be limited. He's going to be limited in that, especially with some of the wrong guys getting paid. But I just feel like feel as though it's going to be. It's the job that he's going to have to do to get that un under wraps and get the talent that we need on this roster, it's going to be a scientific job by this coach. And so if, if, you know, if, if his past is any indicator of future performance, let's just hope that he's passed that 7-22 and 22 or whatever the record that you just said because he's going to need to conjure up something because the other teams in your division, the, the football team and New York, based off of their salary cap, they're going to be a lot better than what they are right now because they're going to have the money to pay uh, players. And so maybe Philadelphia is not in that situation because of where they are with Carson Wentz, but... Dallas is is in a real uh, tricky situation right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> you say they're in a deal pickle. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a pickle. Uh, I don't. I I wish I can comment on this with a full full head of confidence. The reason why I can't is because I haven't been able to see practice. I haven't been able to see how he coaches in practice. I haven't been able to see his facial expressions, read his lips. I haven't been able to see any of that stuff. Um, all I can see is the decisions that he allows to happen. Um, he allows He's allowed bad coaching decisions um, this year. Um, he's allowed bad schemes defensively. He's allowed bad offensive calls early on in the season, specifically in the first half of the season. Um, he's allowed bad uh, special teams calls to get pushed through um, or you know, pass him all the way to the field. So yeah. ba based upon those things that I can see, I don't believe that he's the right person for this job right now. Mm. Um, but again, I don't know how he coaches. Um, I haven't been able to witness that personally to be able to get my <laughs> full scope. But based upon the things that I've seen this year, performance-wise, it doesn't appear like it. There hasn't been a culture change. Things haven't gotten better in any regard, I don't feel. Um, I think that I, know, I know Rao alluded to the defense getting a little bit better there for a second. But in terms of overall overarching effort, overarching efficiency, overarching wins, we haven't seen any of that. We haven't seen any seismic change in that, nor our expectation levels this season. So as of right now, based upon that information, the answer is no. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's it's such a weird year in that it's really hard to get a feel for, like, the culture that he's brought in with the player Because yeah. you're, you're not around the players, you know, even in kind of a casual setting to talk more about stuff like that. Um, you know, you're just on these calls. And, um, I, I mean, I said this during the bye week, I think, when we were all doing different shows. Like, I, I think you... We're going to have a much better idea by mid-season 2021 where they're at because I'm, I'm willing to give – I've said this over and over again. You know, it's got to be somewhat of a mulligan here. I, I know that sounds probably like an excuse, but, <laughs> I mean, the, the bottom line is, like, I mean, look, the offense is, is going to be – should be miles better next year when you get some healthy guys back. Um, and run it back defensively. They've got to figure something out. Yep. Whether it's scheme, it's probably it's a combination of scheme and personnel. They're going to have to have changes there. And uh, you know, I don't know if 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 Mike's staff will come back fully intact. We'll see. Um, but I think on at least one side of the ball, I think you come back next year and you feel much better about the situation with Dak healthy and all that. Uh, defensively, though, they've got to find a way to make more plays and just make sound plays. Make make just plays that don't lose you games. Um, if they can find a way to do that and have a better offense, they're going to be much more competitive this year. Uh, regardless of um, you know talking about fit with Mike and all that, I just think they'll have better players. So that's a start. 
And you mentioned earlier there is going to be personnel changes, and I, I agree with you in that standpoint. But with what you're saying there, is Mike Nolan still kind of on the hot seat here over the last four weeks of the season if this defense doesn't see some kind of improvement? Uh, I, I don't know that. I mean, I know Mike has been very, you know, def- not defensive, but been a staunch defender of his all year long. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, they've, I, I think they feel pretty good about what they've done scheme wise and, and when, and trying to tail things back when they feel like it was. They, I think two weeks in, they said we scaled back, you know, but I think ultimately when you have to look at it and say, it's it's never just one thing. I mean, what what is causing players not to succeed in what you're trying to ask them to do? I mean, that's the coach's job. So they they've got to evaluate that heavily in the offseason and figure out what's, you know, beyond personnel, why can't we because, you know, I mean, there's defenses out there that I mean, I'm I'm thinking back to Bill Parcells first year that I covered in 2003. It wasn't like an, a super talented team, but they just kind of did their job and won games ugly. And I think that's kind of what we thought this team could do yeah. without Dak, at least some games, and they just haven't they haven't played winning football uh nearly enough. Sorry, are you are you staying with the coaching staff, Rob, or no? Well, I mean, I don't I don't <sighs> I don't know that it's certain that they're going to make like coordinator changes because yeah. I just think he's he hasn't sounded like some guy that's really questioning the the scheme side of it. But I think they yeah. have to look at that and say, you know, what's causing guys not to have success because they do have some talent on that side of the ball, I mean, especially up sure. front. They've got guys who can make plays. Isaiah, are hmm. you? You can make every. No, I already said ahead, based upon what I, I already said based upon what I see right now in McCarthy and what he, he's allowed. I, I I don't believe that he's the right guy hmm. right now. So unless I'm able to see other things, like I mentioned already, behind the scenes stuff, practice. Um, I don't know how he facilitates practice, any of those things. So I can't make a right. full statement. But based upon the information I have, the things that he's allowed, I'm not a believer. Ekma. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, looking at let's just start from from the defensive side. I mean, uh, these these guys are teachers and this is, you know, film study, everything. They're teaching the scheme and what they expect from this team, uh, from their players and personnel. And they get out there and they cannot execute it. And guys all the way up until this week seem to not know where they need to be position wise on the field. They've gone through all of the looks and it's situational awareness all the time that's being taught. But if how does that not get conveyed to the field is what I'm seeing. And so I don't know if, if like like uh, P said, let's give them a mulligan uh, for this season. I, I'm OK with that. But when you get into 2021, if we see any of these same things start to happen, it's X nay. It, mm. It's you got to go. I mean, it, it's how, how much how much longer is this rope? And we can we can blame 2020. We could say all that. But at some point, your fan base and everybody around is not going to accept that. Right. You cannot continue to accept that, whether it's the guys, the personnel scheme, whatever it is, it's not being conveyed. And Bones Fossil is probably one guy that definitely should be looked at immediately to find out what's going on with special teams. 
And I think that's something that the Cowboys will have to address this offseason or even the last four games of the year. I mean, this is evaluation time not only for the players but for the coaching staff. Who is going to be here in 2021 to quote-unquote run it back? That's what that's what the decision-making is going to come down to is what we've seen so far and what we're going to see the next four weeks of the season. There was plenty of frustration around the special teams. We're going to hit that tomorrow. Don't worry. We're going to talk about the, the three missed kicks, some of the special teams, the hit and misses from Bones Fossil and that unit of the Dallas Cowboys. But that's going to do it for us here today on Talking Cowboys. Tomorrow we'll also preview the Cincinnati offense and the Dallas defense. Can the Cowboys not give up 300 yards of rushing? Of course, like Isaiah said, they didn't give up 300 yards of rushing. How about that? We got it underneath uh, 300. Thank goodness. Oh, wow. 294. Frustrating week after the 34-17 loss <laughs> to the Baltimore Ravens. But for Rob Phillips, for Heck Maharis and Isaiah Stanback and the great Chris Beam, as always, doing work in the back. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!